welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode, uh, I don't know. Oh, 182. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to everybody. When you get old like me, when you become an ancient podcaster, things like numbers and names and putting on your pants, they all become very hard to remember. So... Yes, I can definitively say, because it's on this piece of paper, and I probably didn't write it wrong when I wrote the piece of paper. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, says 182. So here we are. Alright, how's everybody been? Everybody? Things are good here. I'm a sweaty, melted puddle of a human, because week 407 of heat and humidity is cranking through. Um, I guess I can't complain too much because I'm not down there in uh, uh, in the middle of Storm Buddy, Benny, B- Barry, that's it, Hurricane, now Tropical Storm, Barry. I just, I, you know, I'm not down there, so sorry to you guys. I hope everybody's okay. Um, where I'm at, it's just really hot and humid and gross and disgusting, and there's mosquitoes all over the place. So I guess I still can complain. But complaints are all relative, I suppose. All right, but point is, I hope everything's good where you are. All right, speaking of things being good where people are, there's this dude. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Or should I say, not just things going good, should I say looking good? Over there on the Facebook page, the Rocket Man page on Facebook, July 12th post, falling back this Friday. Today we're looking at a younger, perhaps less mad, Mad Mike Hughes. And he's rocking the stash from his old school days of driving a limo in Vegas. Oh yeah. So there's Mad Mike with the arms crossed in a rakish I don't know if that's a word or not. Let's go with that. Cool sort of way. And he's got the he's got the uh, collarless shirt with no tie and, and the black uh, jacket, sport jacket. And he's got the, the cool, uh, I guess, I'm going to say 80s haircut and a wimpy little stash. So, yeah, he's rocking it, the Rocket Man is. Why they posted this, I don't know, but they did. There's a weird post. A uh, weird comment to that that says, Is this around the time we used to pick up girls in bars and write on their backs with permanent marker? The response from Rocket Man, which just confirms that this isn't Mad Mike running this page. Uh, the response from Rocket Man is, I think so, according to his Tosh interview. Uh, that would be the interview with uh, Daniel Tosh, the uh, guy who has the uh, comedy show on uh, Comedy Central. I've never watched the interview. I don't know what he said there. I'm not sure what's up with the permanent markers. But hey, if you've ever written on a person with a permanent marker, let me know, I guess. If nothing else, you at least have something in common with the Rocket Man. Alright. On July 10, the never-ending welding marathon of prepping the launch ramps for the rocket. Mike is 30 feet up, no harness. Welder hung above, could possibly fall on his head. Maybe Subway for lunch. I don't know. Get the job done. Safety later. And there's a picture of an idiot on uh, on a launch ramp doing something. You can't really actually see the person all that well. You can see there's somebody there. can't really see what he's doing. The point is, I guess, they are building something. All right. 
Nothing else on Twitter. Google search doesn't really pull up anything new. So I guess the point is, like all of us, before we become old, Mad Mike was sexy? You know what? I'm not going to make that determination. You go check out Facebook and look at the dude and see what you think. And welding 30 feet up without a safety harness, not a good idea. Remember, this guy has actually fallen on his head before in the last launch of the rocket. So keep that in mind if you decide, well, I'm going to be like Mad Mike and I'm going to take my welder up 30 feet without a harness. Don't be like Mad Mike, kids. Just remember that. Rock the stash, though, if you want. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. In news this week, there is no news this week. That's right. Absolutely nothing happened in the world since I talked to you last on the podcast. The world just kind of sat on its thumbs and, you know, I was going to say flip through a magazine, but that'd be kind of hard to do. Uh, One, because they're sitting on their thumbs, and two, because who reads magazines anymore? So I guess we'll move on to this week's game. This week's game is Title Match Pro Wrestling from Absolute Entertainment 1987, which feels really late for an Atari 2600 game. But there you go. The cover has a large, mostly naked man with a bald head flying off the turnbuckle to smush a guy wearing a leather mask lying on the uh, on the mat. We're told that this is a game for the Atari 2600 from Emu Movies. All right. I, it's about time we had a whole company devoted to making Emu Movies, if you ask me, but that's just my opinion. Tonight's the night. No, it's not what you're thinking. The screams of the crowd shake the arena at the title belt contender circle as the title belt contenders circle one another. You know, I can start that over. The screams of the crowd shake the arena as the title belt contenders circle one another. Mad Dog makes the first move, smashing his fist into Skinhead's chest, who gasps for air. Because there's, there's no better entertainment than watching a dude gasp for air. That was my editorial. Sorry. Then retaliates with a skin, with a shin-cracking kick. Mad Dog growls and grabbing from behind drags Skinhead across the ring, whipping him around in an airplane spin, letting go so he flies into the ropes and bounces back to meet Mad Dog's concrete forearms across his neck, a perfectly executed clothesline. Wasting no time, Mad Dog elbow drops him. Skinhead's face winces in pain as he fights his... Do you have to say his face? Couldn't you just say skinhead winces in pain? Is there any other part of your body that winces? Do your elbows wince? Does your butt wince? I've heard of a butt puckering, but I've never heard of it wincing. Anyway. Wasting no time, Mad Dog elbow drops him. Skinhead's face winces in pain as he fights his way up and staggers to his corner to tag his partner in. Big Chief takes the tag, grabs Mad Dog, lifting him over his head, and body slams him into the mat. Mad Dog's stunned. He's not getting up. Big Chief, looking for the pin, climbs the ropes for a dive. As he lunges into the air, Mad Dog scrambles to his feet, and Big Chief's sweaty, red-skinned body splatters on the empty mat. Whoa, I am spent. All right, let's press on. Using the joystick for this one, and the Atari 2600, but that was pretty evident, I guess. Use the left controller for one player, another port 
uh, and use the right controller for two players. Press select to go to the selection screen. The number on the scoreboard displays the type of match currently selected. One is one on one. Two is a tag team match, uh, two on two. Three is one on one computer wrestler, meaning you against the computer. And four is a tag team match, computer wrestles, computer wrestlers, your team against the computer's team. Pressing select will cycle you through the match selections. Once you have selected a match, choose your wrestlers. Beginning with player number one, the person using the left joystick, move the joystick to highlight your selection, and then press the joystick button. Once the player number one is selected wrestlers, player number two's turn. In a tag team match, the selection occurs twice. The contenders are, from left to right, Mad Dog. From Mad Dog, Louisiana. That's a little on the nose, I think, but anyway. And weighing in at a whopping 390 pounds, this redneck husky vows to chew up and spit out anyone who tries to tangle with him. Then we have Skinhead, weighing in at 265 pounds from Cowpoke, Idaho. This farm boy was brutally forced to shave his head after losing in a cow tipping contest. To overcome his humiliation, Skinhead turned to wrestling at the age of nine, and today is one of the most feared wrestlers of our time. Mr. Mean, currently weighing in at 320, from Hoboken, New Jersey, acquired his virtually all his early training on the streets, defending himself against slime. Big Chief, one part Apache and one part Hulk, from Big River, Utah, is merciless at 420. Big Chief Pow Wow, okay, doesn't miss a trick. He will crush you without a second's thought. Once contenders have been chosen, the arena screen is displayed and the match can begin. At any point during gameplay, press reset, which will restart the currently selected match. Each wrestler's strength is displayed by power bars on the scoreboard. The upper bar represents the strength of wrestlers number one, and the lower bar represents the strength of wrestler number two. Your challenge will be to sustain your strength while depleting your opponents. Strength used in combination with skillful maneuvering will allow you will enable you to pin your opponent. Next, each wrestler's power bar is a digit representing how many times the opposition has fallen. Pinning your opponent for three rounds, for three counts, will constitute a fall. The rule for winning a match is best out of three falls. There are two modes of joystick control used during gameplay. The first is joystick mode, which is simply moving the joystick around. Your wrestler's movement or pattern will correspond to that of your joystick. The second is button mode. To switch from joystick into button mode, you must first release the joystick, then press the button and one and use one of the four joystick positions to execute a move. To use button mode in succession, you must release both the button and the joystick and then press the button and move the joystick again. I was really confused by all of this when I was trying to play this game this morning. The following instructions will refer to button mode as either button mode up, down, right, or left. I think in reading this again, I think what this manual really needs and doesn't have, as you can see, hey, you in the back, stop at the body oil, you're not wrestling yet. Alright. I think what this manual needs is a chart that shows you with little arrows and stuff. Alright, you want to do an airplane thing, here's how you move the joystick. You want to do a body slam, here's how you move the joystick. You want to order Chinese takeout, here's how you do the joystick. Whatever. Softening your opponent. It doesn't have that though, it just has text. Which is really hard to follow if you're you know, trying to look quick in the middle of a match. How do I do this thing? You don't have time to read. You just want a picture to look at. Once the match begins, your wrestlers can walk around the ring in joystick mode. Make your pu wrestler punch with button mode up and kick with button mode down. 
you can soften your opponent with three moves with these moves by knocking down his strength while maintaining your own. You can do a bear hug. With the exception of punching and kicking, you must first grab your opponent into a bear hug before making a move against him. Do this by moving your wrestler right next to your opponent. Release the joystick and in button mode, which if you go back and read again, you have to do by releasing the joystick, then pressing the button and use one of the four joystick positions to execute a move. Uh, so you do that, you grab by directing the joystick toward the opponent. To release your opponent, you must reactivate button mode, this time directing the joystick toward your own wrestler. Once you have captured your opponent in a bear hug, you drag him around the ring in joystick mode, using the button mode down, canvas slam your opponent. Confused yet? I am. When you have him in a bear hug, direct the joystick toward your opponent in button mode to swing him into an airplane spin. Switch the joystick, switch to joystick mode by releasing the button and throw your opponent. You can swing your opponent just a little to bounce him off of one of the ropes, or swing him around many times, and then let go, send him bouncing into the ropes, and then fly him back across the ring. When your opponent bounces off the ropes, get in his path and press the button before he pauses, before he passes you to close line him and knock him to the canvas. When caught in a bear hug, you must use muscle mode to generate the extra power needed to escape. Uh, muscle mode, I'll skip right to that. When your opponent is down or in a bear hug, he can escape by putting muscle mode into action. Muscle mode is executed by jiggling the joystick left and right very fast. Jiggling the joystick provides extra strength to be used in combination with the wrestler's already increasing existing strength. The following are situations which you will find it necessary to utilize muscle mode. Your opponent gets you in a bear hug. Uh, when you need to get back up because you're down on the canvas, that sort of thing. If you're in tag team, when competing in a tag team match, move your wrestler to his corner at the bottom of the screen and use the button mode down to switch with your tag partner. A good time to do this is when your strength is down, but remember that your partner must be at maximum strength in order to switch. You can tell that your partner's strength is up by walking near your corner. If your partner attempts to follow you, then he has fully regained his strength. You can get up on the ropes, you can power lift your opponent, that sort of thing. When you are pinned, if your strength combined with the extra muscle generated by using muscle mode exceeds that of your opponent, you will succeed in escaping. When you have your opponent pinned, in this situation muscle mode is used offensively. This is a muscle mode competition in which you, the aggressor, are trying to maintain your pin for three seconds while your opponent is trying to escape. Some strategic advice from the experts. Keep in mind that certain offensive moves, such as powerlifting or holding your opponent in an airplane spin for an extended period of time, will use up a lot of your own strength, while increasing your opponent's. Try to use less expensive moves, such as punching and kicking, to soften your opponent, so that when your time comes, you will have enough strength to pin him. Pin your opponents unexpectedly to get a head start in muscle mode competition. In tag team competition, if you know that your opponent's tag team partner is weak, throw your opponent out of the ring. This will force his partner into the ring, allowing you to take advantage of the competition's weakened condition. In tag team competition, if you know that your opponent is weak, guard his corner to prevent him from switching with his tag team partner. They do have a little chart. Wait, what is this? No, that's not helpful. It has the uh, different positions in joystick control mode, but it doesn't tell me how to move the joystick. I don't like it. Not a helpful chart. I want arrows. Give me arrows. And that is how you play, what's this game called? Title match, Pro Wrestling. Told you I was getting old. Okay. I want to talk for just a minute about these characters. 1987 sensibilities 
are a little different than 2019 sensibilities. Uh, well, first of all, perhaps less controversial. Uh, the one dude who had to shave his head because of a, a bad cow tipping incident, I think. Yeah, skinhead who had to shave his head. You can't tip a cow. Sorry, you can't do it. I know everybody makes the big jokes about cow tipping in, in farm country. You can't tip a cow. Everybody's on record, including Mythbusters, which to me is the definitive go-to place for uh, you know fantasy ruining. Um, I, I can't remember the episode, but I'm positive they've done an episode about cow tipping, and you can't do it. And lots of other places on the internet, because the internet is always true, says, yeah, you can't actually tip a cow for all sorts of reasons. They don't sleep standing up, uh, blah, blah, blah. You can't tip a cow. So I have trouble with that. The bigger problem with Skinhead is, oh, I don't know. He's called Skinhead. He's from Idaho. Idaho's known for basically three things. Potatoes, uh, number one. Number two, being the state that might actually be Iowa. It's very confusing. Most people are really unclear about what the difference between Idaho, Iowa, and Ohio are or is. So that's number two. The number three thing Idaho is known for, and I'm sorry about this, Idahoans, uh, white supremacists. You got lots of them. To be fair, they're all over the place, unfortunately. But Idaho, kind of known for it. So it's a little troubling that, and by the way, I'm not saying everybody in Idaho is a white supremacist, but uh, it's kind of a problem there. So I find it troubling that they name a uh, character Skinhead in this game because skinheads are white supremacists. I mean, they're trying to say they call, they're calling him Skinhead because he shaved his head. But, man, they really got to come up with a better name. That, that's, that's not good. Uh, I'm sorry, it's just not. The other character that is problematic, of course, is Big Chief. He's Native American, ostensibly. Uh, calling him Big Chief and talking about the powwow in, in the character description. Um... Uh, that makes you a little uneasy, right? I think that one came from a place of, back in the 80s, this is still how we talked about Native Americans, with no no malice intended. But again, 2019 sensibilities versus 1987 sensibilities. They're writing the game now. Maybe don't do that. As for the game itself, I think it got decent reviews. Woodrain Wonderland says that the game actually has a lot of fun features. This game, they would put on the continuum of video game wrestling games, or sports games in general, title match, title match pro wrestling falls right in the middle on the continuum of bad to good sports games, in their opinion. Uh, this game has a lot of fun features. Talks about, you know, picking up your opponent, spinning him around, etc. Can play one-on-one -on -one or in tag team mode. But as far as the control is concerned, let's just say that Atari 2600 one-button-itis strikes again. You're constantly having to switch in and out of what the manual calls joystick mode and button mode, which doesn't make much sense, because you still have to use the joystick in button mode, but whatever. The end result is button mashing, plus you're almost guaranteed to lose against the computer opponent. Why does this game did a better grade than probably deserves? Well, the reviewer says, I just love watching these pixelated blockheads throw each other around the ring. There was a certain Atari 2600 realistic factor that I liked. Also giving it the benefit of the doubt about its two-player mode, giving all the moves available. They give it a grade C. Videogamecritic.com, however, gave it a D, saying it's a good-looking wrestling game, but the gameplay is badly outdated. With four distinct wrestlers to select from, you can play against the CPU or another player. 
The matches can be tag team or one-on-one. -on -one. The number of moves is impressive and, and can be chained together. You can even die from the ropes. Unfortunately, once you start playing the game, the carefully designed control scheme gets out, throws out the window. The computer opponent is impossible to defeat and will have you pinned in a heartbeat. On the other hand, when playing against a friend, it's extremely hard to pin him, and the bouts go on long after the wrestlers have exhausted their strength. He did, the reviewer did have a good laugh watching the stiff-looking fighters toss each other around the ring. It's an ambitious game, but not very fun to play. WhatTheyCallGames.com apparently did used a random number generator to, out of a list of 523 games to pick a game to review, and this is the one that came up. And they say, well, it's a wrestling game, but for a controller with only one button and a joystick, it surprisingly has a lot of variety with what you can do. The game moves at a pretty fast pace, so it's like most fighting games, Grumble Rumble. This one is likely to turn to a mash fest. In my experience, both players will be out of strength in no time, and any potential strategic depth there might have been gets thrown out the window. The animation and audio is about what you'd expect for the Atari 2600 limited software, hardware, rather. For an Atari game, there's more depth here than you'd expect, and there appears and that there appears to be, but it's unlikely anyone will ever make, ever fully make use of that depth because it's much easier and more effective to just mash buttons. There you go. That's Title Match Pro Wrestling, they say. All right. Well, after the break, I'm going to twist you. I'm going to bend you. I'm going to rip you in two. And then we'll go for tea. Remember like 30 years ago when Geraldo Rivera was an actual still reporter and he stood in front of a professional wrestler and told him he thought that professional wrestling was fake and then he got his ears boxed? That was fun, wasn't it? Alright, so we're playing title match pro wrestling. I'm going to select my wrestler here. Let's see, I'm going to play game three, which is one on one. Hold on. Hmm. There we go. Game three. Oh. I'll play as Big Chief, I guess. Versus Mr. Mean. Here we go. Body slammed me. Pinned me. Try that again. Softening him up, I'm running around. Run away! I should say that in my practice this morning, I have only successfully executed. I gotta get out of that pin. Dang it. I've only. Well, that's game over. I've only successfully accomplished a move once. I was able to lift a guy over my head. Uh, I don't get the whole switching between button mode and pin er, and uh, joystick mode. Uh, it's very frustrating. We'll try this again. <sighs> We're just standing there and he pinned me. What the heck? All right. Joystick mode. <sighs> I know he's body slammed me again and pinned me. What the heck? I'm starting to sympathize with Geraldo Rivera. Actually, I take the back. I'm starting to sympathize with the wrestler because 
uh, he's kicking my ass in this game. Uh, and I'm not faking it. Try this one more time. And I'm in joystick, I'm in joystick but stop it. Ha, I got out of that. Alright, I'm doing something to him. Whee! Alright, now what do I do? I got him in a bear hood. Oh, I got him over my head. I wonder if I can fling him out of the ring. Nope, I just let him go, basically. He knocked me down, but he didn't pin me. Interesting. Nope, he's... I got out of that. Oh, he knocked me down, but he's not trying to pin me. Interesting. Must not have enough strength. Oh, now he pinned me. No, he pinned me, but I did better. Alright, try this again. No, let me go. Let me go. Alright, I got him in a bear hug again. Nope. Punch, punch, punch. Whee! No, let me go. Stop lifting me over your head. I don't like it. Come on, skinhead. Oh, I'm playing as Mad Dog, by the way. The other guy's skinhead. Whee! Bouncing me off the ring. Off the, uh, the sides of the ring. There you go. He keeps lifting me up, but I keep getting out. Because I'm awesome, I guess. When uh, Skinhead stands towards the back of the screen, uh, the, the crowd is, is all, it's all black. You can't really see anything. And the Skinhead's mask is black, so it looks like he doesn't have a head. It amuses me. lifting me up and I keep getting out so not much is happening pass out already You're spinning me around oh this could be it I don't have enough strength to get out of the pin oh he won stupid skinhead all right well I gotta go buy some new tights and body oil so uh 
Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which were mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Title Match Pro Wrestling. I I already said, I found the controls frustrating. I think it would be easier if you just had a button and a joystick, and there was no switching between modes. You know, it just kind of, however you move the joystick, that dictated the move you were going to make, and the button would execute it, or something. That would be easier, instead of having to go back and forth. The game looks really good. Not as good, or as fun, as the, uh, and I don't know what the game was called, but the wrestling game I used to play at the arcade with... Uh, two or three of my friends, uh, which was great because it was this huge cabinet with uh, a setup that you could play four people at a time if you wanted. So if there were four of us at the arcade, nobody had to wait to play. We could all play at the same time. It was this huge melee of a wrestling match. You could throw people out of the ring. You could grab folding chairs and whack people with the folding chairs. It was just a big cartoony wrestling game, and it was super fun. This game is not that. This game, having said that, looks pretty good. You know, all the reviewers are saying that. It looks good, but it is frustrating to play. And I don't see, I've only played a little bit today, but I don't see how you would be able to defeat the computer either. Because uh, it's just too hard to execute these moves. If you could execute them, it'd be really cool, because they sound like cool moves. I did manage to pick up the guy once and kind of throw him around, but that was it. And I don't even know how I did it. Uh, and I couldn't repeat it, so... Uh, yeah, I'm disappointed in the game, uh, especially for 87. By then, I would hope they would have figured out a little bit better what to do with the limited, um, you know, tech that they had. But they weren't quite there yet. I would be curious to see, and maybe there is, a, uh, a homebrew, modern-day homebrew wrestling game, and what that would look like. I didn't go, like, to Atari Age to look for one, but uh, I would be curious to see what one might look like, given... Um, the advances, the, the the better skill people have gotten with getting the most out of these, out of these, uh, you know, the limited technology. So, this game wasn't there. Uh, looks good, doesn't play so great. Oh well. It's story time on Atari Bytes. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. 
This week's story is called Humble Pie, er, Cobbler. Mad Dog slides out one of the chairs from the dining room table and sits. The room is cool, and the wooden rungs of the chair chill Mad Dog's back, prompting him to sit up straighter. Is it on? It better be on. Mr. Mean pouts. I told you it was. You don't have to be mean. He double-checks that the low light on the video camera is, indeed, on. He places another dining room chair next to Mad Dog and sits. Big Chief, skinhead, come on, Mad Dog calls. Camera's rolling. Big Chief, topping the scales at 420, lumbers in. Anyone want some of this? He holds out a pan of peach cobbler. Not now, Mad Dog barks. We gotta do this. But thank you for going to the trouble, Mr. Mean says, shooting a look at Mad Dog. Big, uh, Big Chief shrugs, sets the pan on the table, and places another dining room chair on the other side of Mad Dog. He sits. Skinhead hustles in, wiping his hands on a pink apron, which he then tosses aside. Oh, you have some sweet potato on your mask, Skinhead, Mr. Mean says. Skinhead wipes at his chin with a forearm. Thanks. He sits in a fourth chair. All right, Mad Dog says. We're all here. He looks directly into the camera. To whomever is viewing this video, he says. Let this recording be our last will and testament. He looks at the other men. Testament, right? They all nod. Mad Dog looks at the camera. On account of tomorrow, we die. Mad Dog leans toward the camera, his massive head filling the frame. When I was five, deep in Bayou Country in Louisiana, I had a dog. He was a good old pup named, well, good old pup. My cat, cat, and my Norway rat named Sebastian were great, but GOP and me were inseparable. We went everywhere together. That is, until a gator done swallowed him up. Collar and all. I've always hated that gator. Why am I telling you this? Mad Dog leans over to Mr. Mean. Seriously, he says. Why am I telling them this? Mr. Mean whisper hisses something the camera's microphone doesn't pick up. Oh, right, Mad Dog says. So anyway, Mad Dog says to the camera, I done spent my whole life walloping people like they was those gators. And I'm kind of sorry about that. Nothing can bring back, bring back GOP to me, but I reckon I'll be joining him real soon. The other wrestlers pat Mad Dog on the back as he leans back in his chair, spent. Big Chief slides his chair so that he is staring intently into the little LED light on the camera. It should hurt his eyes, but he doesn't blink. I am Apache, from Big River, Utah, he says. I mostly like to beat down the white man. He pauses, considering. Then, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Not sure how to close, he stands so that only his torso is in frame, says, thank you, and sits. There's a few seconds of Mr. Mean and Skinhead each offering to let the other go next. Finally, Mr. Mean just starts talking. So, uh, not many people know that Jersey is the slime capital of the Northeast? Mr. Mean says. Turning to someone off camera, he whispers, No, I don't want any cobbler. Thanks. There's a pause. Well, just stick it in the fridge, then. Then he looks back at the camera. When I say slime, I don't mean like they're bad people. The people there are actually nicer than they get credit for. Anyway, I mean, when I was on the streets, the streets flowed with rivers of living slime. The media, they didn't write about that much. Too busy with the Midwest robot marauders. Well, robots might be sexier than slime, but when 12 square yards of ooze coalesces into a gorgeous, though green, human female form and goes for your nads, you're not thinking sex like any other Saturday night, let me tell you. 
The other wrestlers back away a bit from the table. Well, you're not, Mr. Mean says, a bit defensive. Anyway, pounding the snot out of that walking snot is where I learned to fight. It's where I learned to live. It's where I learned to... He side-eyes the other wrestlers. Well, it's where I learned to love. To love wrestling. It was all I ever meant to do. It's how I came into this world. And it's how I'll go out of it. Hand me that damn cobbler. Mr. Mean grabs a fistful of cobbler and gnaws at it. Skinhead turns the camera on himself. He's chosen the blue leather mask this time. Mr. Mean gets his name, partly, because he gets irritable when people assume the bald one is Skinhead, and he's the one in the mask, but Skinhead wears the mask to hide his, well, not exactly shame, but sort of like shame. Here's the thing, Skinhead says. I got a really ugly head. I'm from Idaho, see, a state pretty much only known for three things. Potatoes, being the state that might be Iowa, and vice versa, and white supremacists, lots of which are called skinheads. Skinhead sighs deeply. Only, I got my name the, le the legit way. My first name is S.K., from my mom, Susie, and my dad, Ken. And my last name is Inhead, S.K. Inhead. People can't seem to understand that. And I wear the mask because, the others chuckle. Go ahead, Mad Dog says. Tell him. This is stupid, Skinhead says. Go on, Mad Dog says, sitting forward eagerly. <sighs> Fine. I wear the mask because it makes me feel pretty. High fives all around and a hug from Mad Dog. So, um, Mad Dog says to the camera, I guess that's it. Tomorrow it's one more match. We probably won't get to tell you this stuff, you know, after. So we're doing it now. Inaudible mutterings all around the table. So, see ya. Or, you know, not, Mad Dog says. Somebody turns off the recorder. There's a record crowd at the title match the next day. They're a rowdy, raucous bunch, eager for some action. Mad Dog and Big Chief are the undercard, on the undercard, followed by Mr. Mean and Skinhead. The action was intense. Pile drivers, headlocks, wrestlers flying off the turnbuckles. The final bout was a tag team matchup. This time, Big Chief and Mad Dog versus Mr. Mean and Skinhead. Big Chief picks up Skinhead, spins him like a homo sapien pinwheel, preparing for the body slam to beat all body slams, and then... Life-sized hungry, hungry hippos emerge from the four corners of the ring, devouring the wrestlers whole. How did those men know what their fate would be? Well, shoot. You might as well ask how people know professional wrestling is real. They just know. <laughs> And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the, Mike, for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers. Fly off the turnbuckle. By the way, I keep saying turnbuckle in this episode. I have no idea if I'm using that correctly. Let's just say that I am. Um, fly off the turnbuckle. That is the internet and Body Slam Apple Podcast with a review of this show. May you enjoy all the leather masks that you want. If you want to wear a leather mask while you write your review, go ahead. If you want to you know, use leather mask as a keyword to get other people to find the review and ultimately listen to this show, I'm cool with that. I wouldn't be cool in that, though, because i got to imagine that a leather mask is really, really hot. 
Many of you have experience with the leather masks. Um, you know what? Maybe don't let me know. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call and leave us a voicemail. You don't have to talk to me, but you can leave a message for the show, and maybe I'll play it on the show. 563-265-1978. Leave us a message about this episode, about the podcast in general, about Atari games, leather masks, pro wrestling, um, whatever you want, and I will probably play it on the show. Uh, also, please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation to the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up uh, shirts and mugs in the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. Links to all of that in the show notes. Um, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon patrons, all, honestly, two of you. Um, Michael Tyler and G-Ray Defender. Thanks, guys. Um... I've kind of been neglecting the Patreon, really, honestly, most of the time this podcast has been running. So, you know, big apologies for that. There are new things coming. Um, I am, right now, I'm I'm building a new website. There'll be more about that soon. Uh, In between doing that and putting out an episode every week, plus episodes of my other podcast, it's taking a while. But it's, a new website is coming. And once that's done, then I'm going to revamp the Patreon as well. So if you're currently a Patreon supporter thank you uh and stick with it because new things are coming if you're not yet a patreon supporter jump on now because again new stuff is coming new tiers new uh new incentives new stuff is coming because uh because uh, I, I appreciate you guys and i, I want to support you i want to encourage new people to come and come to the patreon so stay tuned is what i'm saying hey hey speaking of things that i do do you love snoopy do you know someone who does yes Yes, you do. Check out my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Your one-stop shop for all things in and around the Peanuts universe. And I mean all things. A lot of the episodes are, are uh, taken up mostly with the TV specials, but that's just one part of what we do. We talk about the comic strip, obviously, the merchandise, uh, related projects to Peanuts, the mind of Charles Schultz himself. We've had author, authors, illustrators, playwrights, all sorts of people in and around the Peanuts universe come on the show, talk about their appreciation of, of this iconic property and what it means to modern modern life. So if any of that appeals to you, go check it out. And even if it doesn't appeal to you personally, you know people that it will appeal to. So tell them nicely to go check out It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. New episodes dropping on the 15th of every month. Thanks. Next time on Atari Bytes. Firefly, which I'm going to guess, given the age of the game, has nothing to do with the iconic cult favorite sci-fi show, Firefly, um, which uh, I will probably mention again next week, but I'm going to say right now, I never really got into that much. I watched it, but it didn't grab me quite the way it grabs other people, um, which none of which has anything to do with the video game Firefly, which we're going to talk about next week. And don't forget, if you have thoughts about either the video game or the TV show Firefly, email me, send me uh, a voicemail, uh, all that stuff, because I want to hear from you guys. So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.